Let's talk about how to build your marketing dream team. So I don't know who you are, if you are an entrepreneur building out a marketing team, if you're an executive in the company trying to recruit, if you are, um, you know, maybe marketing management and you're trying to, to build a team, no matter what, right? You want to have people who are uniquely talented to fill the roles that you need them to fill. And I've, I've been involved in marketing from kind of every aspect of it. I've run a marketing team. I've been a marketing employee. I've been a freelancer. I've built an agency with talented marketers who have um, succeeded within my agency. And then beyond, I've been a fractional CMO. Like I've, I've provided all of these different roles within marketing. And so I have a lot of experience from all sides of it in terms of building a marketing dream team. And so we're gonna talk about how to attract those talented people as well as how to manage people to help them succeed in the context of your marketing team. So first things first, you gotta attract them. You gotta hire them, right? So how do you attract talented marketers? Many marketers, many of the best marketers are ambitious. They have big goals, they have big aspirations, they have dreams, desires, destiny for themselves, right? They see themselves achieving something big in life. And, you know, a lot of people do in all walks of life, but there's something about marketing that I think attracts people who have big goals and aspirations. And it is important to recognize that your company and the role that you give them can serve their goals and aspirations, even if eventually their, their goal and aspiration is to move beyond your company. That if you want them to uh, create the most success alongside you while they are with you, you need to start by caring about what their goals and aspirations are even beyond working with you, right? And in that context, you wanna create an opportunity to succeed. You wanna create an opportunity that for them to feel successful, to create success stories through working with you. And this applies to both internal and external marketers. We're gonna, I don't want to make the the legal distinction between who's an employee and who's a freelancer and whatever. Those roles are very dynamic in today's work world. Uh, but no matter what their their legal status is with your company, they're a part of your marketing team, and you want you want to create an opportunity for them to succeed where you succeed, they succeed, everybody succeeds. Now, in the context of all of this. You also want to be very intentional about what you want. I actually use the Dan Sullivan impact filter process, which I'm not going to get into here, to define the role that I need to have filled. And you get very clear about the role that you need to have filled and what success looks like in that role and um, you know what the, what the ultimate outcome you're looking to achieve is. And when you hand that to someone who is not a good fit, right, and you're very specific about it, you're very intentional about it, they can recognize that they're not a good fit. Um, if you hand that to someone who is a really good fit, they can show you how they are a good fit. They can explain how they're a good fit. And that's going to help you identify who the right talent is within your, your, your total hiring pool. Also, hire strengths, not job roles. So in the context of that, like don't you don't necessarily want to say, I need this role filled in my marketing department. Maybe at a very big company, that's the kind of stuff that you do. But in most smaller, more entrepreneurial businesses, um, or more entrepreneurial, intrapreneurial marketing departments, you want to find the strengths that will help your 
marketing operations succeed. And you need to identify the people who have those strengths that you can bring on board. And sometimes that's gonna mean bringing them on as like an external freelancer or contractor or retainer. Sometimes it's gonna be an internal person. Sometimes you're gonna hire someone as a part-time retainer and you're gonna transition them into a full-time role down the road, right? Um, all of this has to be presented in the context of how can it align with their goals and aspirations. If you find the right talent, how can you align the opportunity that you're creating with their goals and aspirations, right? Because it's it's a partnership and it's going to continue to work well as long as it works well for both of you, right? Um, in the context of all of this, though, I would be careful not to ignore cultural fit and I would use cultural fit as a disqualifier, right? If somebody is just very anti your product type, but they have all the skills in the world, right? If they don't like your market, well, they're probably not a good fit for you, right? And some people are gonna be self-aware enough to disqualify themselves if, say, they really don't wanna be involved in a very specific market. But a lot of people who are just looking for their next paycheck and next opportunity, who may have the skills to fulfill, are going to maybe apply for the job even if they don't feel like they're gonna love it. And it is way better to get someone in there who's going to love it as opposed to create this, this toxicity of someone who all along has never really fully bought in to whatever it is you do. Um, and then importantly, in the context of all of this, hire slow and fire fast. Hire slow and fire fast. So don't be afraid to go through a more extended hiring process. Don't be afraid to uh, do like trial arrangements, trial employment, uh, something like a 90-day uh, run where it's a, it's a complete trial period. Just think of, like, uh, think of it like a dating context, right? In a dating context, you don't commit to get married before you've dated someone, right? Um, or after your first date. Usually there is this, this process of, okay, well, we go on a first date. Do we uh, want to go on another date? Do we want to go on another date after that? Do we want to be dating? Do we want to... And, and you go into the relationship and let it develop. And in a hiring context, sometimes... Um, you know, it's not really set up for that, but you can do things intentionally to set up the way that you hire to, for example, have a 90-day trial period um, after which or near the end of which you're going to have a meeting explicitly about do both of us enjoy working together? Do, are we getting what we want out of this arrangement? Do we want to continue working forward on a more ongoing basis? And at any time, if it does not make sense to keep moving forward with the person, if they're not a good fit, if they're not contributing to the team in a way that um, everybody is excited about, well, then move on, find another person. Because while hiring is very expensive, having someone who is not a great fit, who's kind of dragging the whole operation down, in the long run, I think that's actually even more expensive, um, especially when you consider opportunity cost. Okay, so let's dive into five secrets of productive, capable marketing teams. The first thing um, that you need in order to have a productive and capable marketing team is to have vision. Have a clarity of vision of what marketing is trying to achieve. If, you're, if you don't know what your marketing is trying to achieve and your marketing department doesn't know 
what you want the marketing to achieve, right? You are going to struggle to get the results that you want. And so the more clear you can be about what what your vision is for marketing for your company, what success looks like, the the more effectively your marketing team will be able to deliver that to you. And in the context of this, of vision, of uh, company strategy, think in terms of solving bigger problems. As part of my fractional CMO process, I have a whole call dedicated to identifying what the biggest problems, challenges, um, you know, desired opportunities to pursue, and all of that is in terms of where are we going with the company? What do you want to achieve? What do you want from this? What challenges are you facing? What's stopping you? What are the roadblocks standing in your way, right? And identifying those and then implementing marketing solutions where appropriate to solve those problems. But all of that is around clarity of vision, right? What do we want and what's stopping us from getting there? And then focus. Uh, it is, it's like stereotypical, especially the visionary entrepreneur to say, I want this thing. And then the next day, I want that thing. And the next thing, next day, I want that other thing, right? And if that is how you're running your marketing department, you're not going to get the results that you want. And so you have to identify with your marketing department, right? What's that big, clear, clear vision that we're going after? Um, but then what, it, what are our KPIs? What are our key performance indicators? What does success look like on a measurable basis for our marketing department? on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, what are we using to determine whether or not what we're doing is doing its job, right? And along with that, with the focus, you should have a process in place for how you are doing, how you're running the marketing department, how everybody is working working together, how, how the department is collaborating, what the big projects are, what the big campaigns are that are coming up, what the launches are, what the, you know, pr what products are coming down the line, whatever the different components of the marketing are, you need to have a process in place to manage it so that when you are the visionary entrepreneur and you say, I want to do this new thing, you can find out where to fit that in and when to fit that in. It's not necessarily here and now, right? But if you're looking to have a sustainable, successful marketing team, they're going to want that consistency of saying, hey, we're working on this project and we're going to make this project a success and we're going to get it over the finish line, right? Um, and in the context of all of this, you need a clear plan and projects in place, right? You need some kind of project management where you say, this is what we're going to achieve. These are the things we're going to do. And yes, there's some flexibility there, but still on a longer term horizon, like especially a medium term horizon, actually, um, you know, people need to be working towards the success of various projects. And that's going to be essential for your team to be productive and, and, and capable and happy with what they do. Now, in the middle of all of this, you want feedback. You want, um, so there's there's a couple different types of feedback. And, and I think one of the areas that I have shined working with uh, the teams that I've worked with is leadership and expertise in terms of especially developing the copywriting, developing the marketing messaging, and helping people become better copywriters through, um, through the feedback that I'm giving them, right? And, I can do the same thing with, with lots of different uh, components of marketing strategy, et cetera. But because I have so much experience as a direct response copywriter, I can say, well, let's, you know, this headline needs to be stronger. This offer needs to be stronger. The call to action needs to be stronger. We need to be clearer here. We need more proof here. Like, 
and really get into the details of um, here's how to create better marketing messaging, right? And um, and and also if you step back a little bit, even the the assistance with project planning, defining strategy, all of that, all of that plays into this leadership and expertise. And the long-term goal, again, is to help people meet their own goals and aspirations and make them more capable of creating the results that you want, right? And being better marketers. And any kind of leadership that you can bring to the table in that regard is going to make your team more effective. Now, the other type of feedback that marketing always needs is uh, how the market is responding to the marketing. And so you need to be clear with your marketing department what the metrics are, right? We already talked about KPIs, um, but this is actually giving them feedback on the KPIs, right? Giving them measurement of success. So are we getting the number of clicks that we need? Are we getting the number of leads that we need? Are we getting the number of appointments or um, you know, initial sales that we need? Are we getting the, the, the profits that we need, right? What's our ROAS? What's our, like whatever the KPIs are, whatever you determine to be the success metrics for your marketing department, you need to, you need to be giving the marketing department the feedback as to whether or not what they're doing is working. And oftentimes the most successful marketers that I know are the ones who have made it a point to find opportunities to get very consistent and dynamic feedback from the market about whether what they're doing is working or not. And when you do that, like it makes it, it, it just makes it um, so much easier to improve your marketing skills because you're able to try things and see what works and see what doesn't work. Now, there is a very like um, social component to building a productive, capable marketing team that you need to nurture your talent. You need to nurture your talent. You need to support their goals. And you need to demonstrate through your actions and through how you speak to them that you are, that you're supporting their growth, right? Um, as opposed to, so Carol Dweck has, has the book on growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset is, oh God, you suck as a marketer, right? A growth mindset is, wow, you're learning so much and you're improving. Like, it seems like every time you write, you're, you're finding opportunities to learn from that and it's making you into a better marketer, right? And the positive regard is about, even if their current copy stinks, right? Even if their current marketing piece stinks, their current design stinks, their, um, the ROAS of the latest campaign that they configured stinks, having positive regard that uh, you believe in them and that they're going to figure it out allows them uh, enough self-confidence that they can follow through with that and they can learn. And so you have to be nurturing um, if you want long-term, happy, successful, productive, and capable marketing uh, team members. And importantly, importantly, um, and, and there's a book Drive that talks about this, giving your team autonomy to make their own decisions, the flexibility to fail on the path to finding out what works, uh, the opportunity to develop mastery through their own trial and error. That is going to make a more productive, more capable marketing team going forward. So give them flexibility. Make it clear that they have flexibility. Tell them, this is what we're trying to achieve. What ideas do you have to achieve it? How can we work together to achieve it, right? And 
when you do all of these things, what it does is it allows the individuals on the team to, to flourish, to, to, to grow, to live up to your greatest ideal of them becoming a productive and capable member of your marketing team. And when you have everybody on board working together through, a, through these components, people are going to be, uh, you know, they are going to work together to achieve total success. Now, one major lesson for marketing team management is that it's not them. It's you. It's not them. It's you. At least this should be your default first response if something isn't working right. Um, you need to assume that you are not providing the leadership, you're not providing the feedback, you're not providing the um, whatever is necessary to help them flourish. Because good leadership leads to good followers. If you are trying to be the leader of a marketing team, right, and people are not following well, it's probably has it probably has a lot to do with your leadership. Now, occasionally you're going to find someone and hopefully you're going to find it within that first 90 days if we hire slow and fire fast. Occasionally you're going to find someone who's who is just not a good fit for whatever reason or doesn't have the capability, right? But assuming that you hire them and they make it through that trial period and they show some promise, they are going to succeed as much as you create the, the context for them to succeed. You create the system in which they are going to succeed. And you're gonna to have to lead in a way that makes you worth following. If that is something, if you want your team to follow you to success, you need to lead in a way where they drive the uh, marketing engine towards success. My call to action for you at the end of this episode, you know, if this is, is something you've thought about, right? How to build your marketing dream team, what lesson, what takeaway do you have from this episode that you can go put to use right away? How can you use what you've learned here? Also, don't forget to like and subscribe so you get more content like this delivered to you. And I will include a link in the description to my fractional CMO and copy chief service uh, for direct response marketers. You can go to the site, you can learn more, you can book an intro call if it's relevant. I'm Roy Fur. this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I will catch you again in the next episode. I'll see you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.